The views and opinions expressed on the Middle Class VO podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests. Any feelings hurt therein are an unfortunate byproduct of the quest for infotainment. Also, please be reminded that concerted efforts have been made so as not to put anyone's knickers in a twist. Having one's knickers in a twist is not an objective or goal. However, if your knickers are in a twist and it persists for more than four hours, please seek out a physician. Moreover, if anyone were to feel besmirched by any of the commentary on the Middle Class VO podcast, it would be purely coincidental. No besmirchment is intended. Please enjoy. Well, this is great. Uh, because this is a genre that Bobby and I are not really, really familiar with. We know a little bit about it, but we're going to get some knowledge dropped on our aces today. I don't know why I said that, but we're going to get some <laughs> knowledge in the audiobook genre on the Middle Class VO podcast. And and Bobby is uh, she's got a uh, a friend coming on. That's right, Kevin. Very, very good at the uh, audiobook genre. And his name is Joe Hempel, and here's what he sounds like. Who, who, who are you? Riley finally said, her quivering voice barely above a whisper. She couldn't explain it, but despite the softness of her words, she felt confident that the woman heard them across the expanse. I don't remember, came the woman's reply the whispered words floating across the distance to easily reach Riley's ears. What happened to you? Riley whispered. Oh my gosh, so talented. It's the Middle Class VO Podcast. If you need e-learning, we're just an email away. Corporate narration, tell us what to say. Explain our video, imaging radio, slinging local cars, reading IVR. No, we ain't no stars. This is the Middle Class VO. Podcast, the middle class VO podcast, the middle class VO podcast. We are so excited to have on the middle class VO podcast Joe Hempel. Joe is one of the I, I call them grinders because <laughs> audiobooks they are not easy, and it takes a special skill, a special talent to do audiobooks. Joe Hempel. Thank you for joining us on the Middle Class VO Podcast. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. You're right. This is a grind. This is a, uh, it's a heck of a lot of time behind the mic, but it's so much fun. Yeah, and, and you and Bobby have uh, history. Uh, Bobby, do you want to dive in here and uh, tell us about your history with Joe? I actually met Joe two years ago at VO Atlanta and ran into you, right? And we found out we were both from Cincinnati. Yeah. And... Um, when we came back to town, I had started a, um, a voiceover meetup group, and Joe has joined us on on some of the meetings. But um, yeah, and I didn't realize how many audiobooks that Joe has done over, <laughs> what, four years or so. Is it really true? Over 250 books? Yeah, I have under my name and some pseudonyms, I have recorded over 250 titles. Oh, my gosh. Good grief. <laughs> oh. Yeah. He never leaves the studio. <laughs> you know how many I'm titles so- I got, Joe? How many? I got one. <laughs> and it was and, a short story. It was a lesson well learned. <laughs> yeah, it was a short story. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was one of the things very early on um, where I decided I wanted to make this a living. And I had a very particular strategy going in where it was either going to 
allow me to explore this further and start making contacts, or it was going to fail miserably. <laughs> so <laughs> clearly, it's、um, you've not failed miserably. Uh, yeah, no, I, I have. It, it worked. So he makes a living. Um, my strategy going in was to look for a lot of books that I was interested in, just in genres that I was interested in. Not really worry about the money. Just you know, make sure they were good titles, had nice covers, and it was in a genre that I enjoyed—horror or mystery or something like that—and do as much work as humanly possible to build up a good portfolio. And while I was working another job, and you know, I, I was getting about three hours of sleep for about the first year and a half.、Oh mm. So every day, working seven days a week, I was really grinding it because I wanted this, and so. That allowed me to get the the work ethic that needed、uh, to be involved to do audiobooks,、um, and it allowed me to make a lot of great contacts and really look at where I wanted to be in my life. So, so were you an avid reader to begin with? Is that how you got started? I was a book reviewer.、Mm. I had my own kind of、uh, I had my own blog, and it was getting gaining some traction、um, with some of the major publishers and stuff like that. But I really wanted to. Do audiobooks. I, I thought it was really neat. I, I loved listening to them. I loved the acting aspect of it because I don't have to get up and actually act in front of people.、Um, <laughs> and so I reached out to one of the authors that I reviewed and said, "Hey, I'm kind of dabbling in this. Would you allow me to narrate your audiobook?"、Mm. And that's how. You know, we got started. Wow, that's pretty amazing. So, do you have to be a prolific reader to be a good audiobook narrator? You think, Joe? I think it helps. I think it helps.、Uh, it it helps in just understanding the story. It helps in deconstructing the text to get to the the meat of what the author is trying to convey. You know, why the author chose specific words, how those characters relate. Um, I think it really helps, you know. Unfortunately, I no longer have the time to read for fun,、hmm. so I'm really fortunate in the fact that I enjoy the books that I do get. So I still get to read a lot. Now, how do you keep all your characters straight, Joe? So, when you're reading the book, as you always, you always want to read the book beforehand, you can make little notes. You look at the text and. You find little mannerisms or descriptors that the author has written about those particular characters, and you can then kind of tie them to, say, an actor or a friend or something like that.、Um, what kind of characteristics match, and then you can kind of go on that. I don't really worry about you know what voice I'm going to use. I go by, you know, how does this how does this character act because you're going to embody that character. And the voice will come with their mannerisms, and they will come with their、uh, the way they act throughout the novel, the way they grow. You know, you you get into the character, and you and you become the character. The voice just kind of follows,、hmm. unless you know the author says, you know, this guy has a British accent or something like that. Then you have to kind of make that adjustment. That is fascinating because you would think that you know from where Bobby and I come from is a little more you know the commercial side you know and and different genres in that respect we we think more about how is the voice supposed to sound but you let it evolve organically it sounds like pretty much pretty much I don't really 
pick a set voice until I am actually recording.、Hmm. Um, if the person is, you know, kind of a short, fat, bald guy, you know, normally they'll have like, you know, just those characteristics. Maybe they have a lot of mucus and can, you know, have a bit of a deeper voice. So you would add that characteristic in. You know, if they're if they're skinny and kind of old and frail, and you know, you kind of use that to shape your voice. You know, if they if they smile a lot, if they're they're kind of a excitable character who who talks a lot, you know, you lend those characteristics into the voice, and it will come out. There's very little variation in say my male and female voices.、Mm-hmm. You know, it's pitched up a little higher, but the characteristics are going to be different. And you'll be able to tell the difference between them because I'm acting the character, not necessarily just giving them a voice. Wow, that's really interesting. I took an audiobook workshop in New York.、Um, I don't know a dozen years ago, I guess, and that was one of the things that the instructors said that when you are creating your voices. You don't create character, you know, big character voices or caricature voices. Right. It's just something that they said. Just enough is just enough. Yeah. You look at a guy like, say, Scott Brick,、um, who has done. He's, you know, the George Clooney of audiobooks. <laughs> If you listen to his books, you'll be able to tell the difference between his characters. But there is really very, very little variation in his voice. And he doesn't go so far out that if he does a character voice that's kind of, you know, hard on the voice, you know, th- they may only have a couple lines or something like that. You know, there's no way he's not going to do that for an entire book because you'll ruin your voice. Yeah.、Um, so you have to find a nice happy medium and finding the characters and what their motivations are and what secrets they have are really good places. To start forming your characters and to start forming the voices. Give it a bop, bop, wow! Wow. Well, let's get into the tech end of it now.、Mm-hmm. So, how long would an average book take you to record, and how do you get paid for that recording? So, the、um, the how long it takes is going to be vastly variant on the technicality of it. If it's a thick nonfiction title, then It's going to take me a little bit longer to record, just because I can only do so much a day.、Um, I record roughly two hours of, of audio a day, two hours of finished audio a day, and that takes about four hours.、Um, not straight. Take some breaks. You know, let your voice rest.、Mm-hmm. But audiobooks are paid out through publishers and things like that、uh, on a per finished hour rate, where. It may take me twenty hours to record a ten-hour book,、mm-hmm. but I get paid for ten hours. So you adjust your rate accordingly. Okay. You know, then if it's your own client, you want to add your proofing and your mastering and your editing on top of that because it's never a good idea to do all that yourself. You're just going to bleed money. Right. <laughs>、um, your your money is made behind the mic. Not doing the little work like that. Hire that out to the professional. So you always hire an editor. Most cases, yes. Some cases, if it's a very short book and I don't have anything coming up, I'll go ahead and edit it. But I will always, always, always send it out to be proofed, because you know, if if I think one hundred percent that I know how to pronounce a word, then it could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's wrong, I've said it wrong thirty times, and 
you know, I'll get I'll get hit for that. You know, that's the great thing working with the uh, publishers is they have their own editors, they have their own proofers. So you just you read the book, you record the book, you send it, you get your pickups back, which are the changes, and then you just send that back, and you're done. You can invoice, and you're done. Um, there is another way to get paid in audiobooks called royalty share, in which you only get paid if the book sells. That is a very dangerous game, but if you know how to pick the right ones. It creates a really, really fantastic level of passive income. That's interesting because most people that I've talked to that have done royalty share、uh, have said it's crap, it's garbage. Don't do it. I love it <laughs> because you're good, though. You're, yeah, you, you've got to be really, really good. And like you said, I guess you got to pick the right titles. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good you are if you pick crap titles, it's not going to sell. You have to look at certain things in order to to make that work. When I quit my job as a、uh, as an engineer in television, most of that was because of my royalty income.、Hmm. So if you can pick the right titles, if you can form those relationships, and you can do the work and not let it sit, then you can make a good level of of passive income. All my bills were being paid by royalties、um, originally when I first、uh, started this. I love that. Do you have authors who actually contact you? Outside of of the publishers, Joe. Absolutely. Oh, that's cool. Absolutely.、Um, I'm actually going to be doing one for a guy starting Saturday.、Um, normally, my voice gets around in the kind of self help areas and the horror genres. Those are the people who usually approach me. But yeah, no, most of most of my work is through publishers now, and the authors that do approach me, we negotiate price and stuff like that. A lot of times, I'm too high for them, which. Is understandable, but I got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and 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 it's a craft. It is an art. What you're doing, and you need to be valued, and you should respect your own value. And so I appreciate that about you already. So so quite the dichotomy. Doing self help and horror. Those are the genres that you work a lot in. Could you kind of、uh, merge those two and、uh, do a self help on how to murder people? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Probably, <laughs> you can pull that off. the、uh, The interesting thing is,、um, whenever you meet a publisher for the first time, they usually ask, "What are the three genres that you think you're the best at?" And most of my work right now comes from nonfiction, horror, and romance. Wow, you do romance, huh?、Hmm. I do. I do a lot of romance. I bet that's where the pseudonyms come in.、Uh, I actually don't use a pseudonym. Oh, you don't.、Um, oh. I really. I don't want to take the time to promote a pseudonym as well as my name, and I'm not really. You know, I don't care if anybody looks me up and sees that I've done some some romance titles. Romance is by and large one of the genres, if not the genre, that keeps this entire thing afloat. Wow. Yeah, romance is booming, and their listeners are voracious, and they they will sometimes go through a book a day. Wow! Now there's a difference between romance and erotica, right? Is that where, there is? Okay, that's where most people would change their name. Um, yeah, it depends. I mean, if you're if you're doing something that has an extremely explicit title that you know going in exactly what it is, people would probably use a pseudonym. Um, but for the most part. You know, I have titles that range, you know, from something called like "Tempt the Playboy" to, you know, "Broken Chains," which is, you know, kind of a、uh, a, a shifter romance, which is really big right now. Hot topic, Sizzlin. 
Can you describe that, please? I'm I'm just amazed at this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so <laughs> a shifter romance is when they can shift into wolves or another animal or something like that. Oh, okay, okay. It's it, it's kind of funny because they're shifter romances, but the latest one I did, you know. It just means that, you know, they have heightened senses and or they have like a pack mentality or, you know, like the male and the female. It's like they're one true they're their mates, they're one true mate. And, mm. you know, they're their wolves find each other and, you know, things like that. Um, the, actually, the, I mean, they're really, really good. And it's not just smut. A lot of the times there is a really solid, really emotional story behind it. Um, and the books that I do, well, they have explicit sex in it. It's uh, it it's few and far between. The story is the catalyst for for the sex. The sex isn't the catalyst to the story. Hmm. Okay. You know, everyone wants the happily ever afters. Right. So. I get the feeling that you kind of like macabre as a person, anyway, outside of of the genres you do, right? Oh, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. Do you use um, punch and roll? And if you do, can you kind of explain that? Because I've never understood it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I use punch and roll. You have to use punch and roll if you're going to make a living in this. Um, it's basically, you know, I'm, I'd am i say, you know, I'm, I'm reading a book. Um, actually, I got one. You know, uh, the sentence is say something like, only a block from the tavern, the character of the neighborhood changed for the worse. Or so, you know, if I were to go through and say, you know, only a block from the tavern, the character of the neighborhood changed for the worst, I would go back, I would stop, I would go back to that sentence, like right before that, I would hit record again, and I would give myself a little bit of a pre-roll so I could hear going up to it. And then it would just start recording where I set that point, and I would just go. So I don't have to go back and take out any mistakes or anything like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, Bobby, actually, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I was auditioning for a Nashville audiobook uh, producer guy. And we went in, I got in the booth, and that's exactly what he did. He He's like, oh, my gosh, I would drive myself crazy if I did not do punch and roll. So in the headset, uh, he was recording, and then I would have a pickup line. And so he would roll the line prior and tell me where to pick up. And then as soon as that pre-roll line was done, that's where I dove in, continuing the narration. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. I was saying, it's 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 a little tricky to get, but once you get it, and it doesn't take that long to really get, um, it's a lifesaver. It, you'll save so much time. Do you use? Um, I mean, I can't imagine because if you have any kind of noise coming through your studio, or do you have a whisper room, or um, what, what's yours called, Kevin? I have a vocal booth, but w- yeah, what's your setup, Joe? Um, I have a whisper room. I just have a single walled whisper room, um, which. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in an office right now. I, I rent an office and it's in hindsight, that probably was a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> why, uh, the noise, okay, like there's okay. so much, there's noise. So I record in the evening. Um, I have office mates down the hall that, um, they're extremely loud. So we've, we've had to set rules that between like 7 PM and 2 AM, Hey, you guys need to keep it down. Wow. Yeah. That would that would be really bad if you had interruptions like that with audiobooks. Wow. Yeah, so you got to be real careful. Um, you know, you got to kind of pay attention to what's coming through your headset. You'll notice it. You don't have to pay that much attention. You'll notice it. So you know when to stop and when to start again and stuff like that. But you can get on a good stretch and 
and really knock the time out. So I'm amazed that you're recording from 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. Though is that happening often? Um, I try to start about seven. Uh, I try to start about six, seven p.m. And I will go until about nine p.m. And then I'll take a break, and then I will go. You know, I'll take about a thirty-five minute hour break, something like that. And then I'll try to get back in and record from about ten to midnight.、Um, that'd get me roughly my two hours of audio in every day. But sometimes that doesn't happen. Life takes over. Sometimes you know you just adjust your schedule accordingly.、Right. But I just set that as kind of an arbitrary time. Like, hey, look, if anybody's here after two a.m., there's a problem. <laughs> so, man, that's remarkable. If somebody's listening to us and they want to get into audiobooks, but they don't have the you know the ability to be reviewing them like you started out, what do you recommend? The first thing I would recommend is do a search of the best business practices, because if you want to start yourself off on the right foot, you're going to want to learn all of the technical aspects. You're going to want to make sure that your Audio is going to sound okay. You're not going to sound like you're in a cavern.、Um, and I would do a search. There's a video.、Um, uh, one of my coaches, Sean Pratt, says, "You know, hey, so you want to be an audiobook narrator?" He has a test because this isn't for everybody. You're in a confined space by yourself a lot.、Um, take your favorite book. Go into a closet for two weeks. Read for two hours a day. That's it. If you mess up while you're reading out loud, stop. Go back. Do it again. And if you don't know a word or you're unsure, stop. Look it up because you're not allowed to guess. Yeah. So that's a good test. But I would get involved in the audiobook communities. Just listen to what people have to say. You'll quickly find out who are the professionals and who knows how to get ahead. And the people who just think they're going to reinvent the wheel because it works for me, but haven't really done anything in the business. <laughs> <laughs> so,、oh、yeah, the standards are there for a reason. <laughs> That's good advice. Well, Joe, what's、uh, what's some of the next titles that you're working on? If you can share them. Yeah, absolutely, I can.、Um, I am currently working on the second title of a fantasy series called "The Mysterious Coin."、Um, I should have that wrapped up in the next couple days.、Um, I am working on a psychological horror called "Intercepts" next, and then I have、um, a series that I'm enjoying immensely called "Fat Vampire." <laughs>、um, it is such a fun series. The first book just came out.、Um, books two and three are already recorded. I'll be starting books four and five、um, in the next few weeks.、Um, they're short. They're quick. You know, they're just they're great.、Um, and then I'll be doing a、uh, another book in this series that I started last year called "Does It Fart." <laughs> It is. It's very fun. It's very funny, but it's actually these things are difficult because there are so many Latin words. Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> yeah. So,、um, but yeah. So I will be. I'll be starting that、um, soon. It's the third book in the series. First one was "Does It Fart." <laughs>、um, the second book was、uh, "True or Poo," <laughs> and this one is.、Uh, this one is called "Believe It or Snot." <laughs> Awesome.、Um, these are yeah written by a couple scientists who、uh, 
you know, one of their one of their nephews or nieces, I can't remember which, uh, asked the question, you know, of their snake, does my snake fart? Hmm. And so they took it to Twitter to ask their community with the hashtag, does it fart? And as scientists do, a spreadsheet was born <laughs> and then the book. <laughs> I love it. So that's how this all kind of kind of started, um, you know, for, for that series. But those are kind of the titles I got coming up. Uh, you know, I they're so fun. You know, um, I'm I'm moving across the country in the middle of August, so I've got a lot of work that uh, that I've got to finish before then because I need to get my pickups from publishers and you know other places because I can't pack up and move and record in even though it's the same booth. I'm I'm in a new space, so yeah, I can't take the chance of it sounding a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've got a lot of I got a lot of work to do to wrap up before I head out and. Uh, well, good luck on that move. By all means. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and by the way, I'm dying to know, do snakes fart? (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, you would. I got to read the book, I guess. Yes. Or I got to listen to the book. Yeah, you've got (laughs) to listen to it. You've got to listen to it because you will learn everything you have ever wanted to know about farts and fecal matter of different animals. (laughs) Oh, you boys will be boys. (laughs) I do know that farts are poop molecules. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. And there is one, oh... I can't remember if it, I think it was in the book True or Poo, they talked about <laughs> an insect, uh, a kind of termite, that their farts were deadly. That's how they would capture their prey. Oh, my. Is they would fart on them. <laughs> Usually sends me in the other direction. <laughs> so, yeah, they would they would fart on them, and their their farts are that toxic that it killed or paralyzed their prey. Oh, wow. You know, I dated a girl in college. <laughs> That was. <laughs> oh, here Deadly. He here he goes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, Joe, thank you so much for your time. And if people are interested in booking Joe Hempel, uh, where can they contact you? What's your website? Uh, just go to www.voiceofjoey.com. Love it. And there'll be uh, email or anything like that. Or if they're listening and they want to. Joe Hempel at voiceofjoey.com, and you'll find it. I have a digital footprint a mile wide, so they'll easily be able to find me. <laughs> Man, well, well, thanks for being part of the podcast today, and and congrats to you on being a middle-class VO grinder, man. That is just <laughs> exactly. so great to hear, and I love hearing your story, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Joe. So great to have Joe Hempel on, and I learned a lot. A lot of the stuff I had kind of known, Bobby, about the audiobook business, but some of that stuff was fresh knowledge to me, and the fact that he's done over 250 titles in like the last four years right? is amazing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how he does it. I mean, obviously very successful, but that that's pretty cool. Kudos to you, Joe. Big time. Absolutely. So we hope you enjoyed today's podcast and we hope you will join us for the next one, the Middle Class VO Podcast. Bobby, thanks so much. Yeah, remember you can check us out on uh, Instagram and we're on Facebook and we're on YouTube and we're on... What's the other one called? Uh, We're on Spotify. We're on... um, Spotify. iTunes. (laughs) Yeah, iTunes. Forget forget about iTunes because they were the one that took the longest to get us on. But thank you, iTunes, for letting us be part of your uh, illustrious uh, lineup. We're not worthy. (laughs) Have a good week. We'll talk to you soon.
The Middle Class VO Podcast is a K2 Media Productions production. All views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests. The McVob Jingle was written and produced by Kevin. Co-produced and performed by Chloe Dolandis. Additional engineering by Zach Zimmett. Bobby's Hair and Makeup by Rebecca Adlita. Kevin's Wardrobe by Slippery Pete's Fashion Emporium. All previous episodes are available for download on Podbean. For the Middle Class VO Podcast, I'm Tracy Thibodeau. I'm Lisa Lou Perry. Thanks for listening. And don't miss the next episode of the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast.